3: And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist.
2: So they count on University of Utah Health.
4: Real Soleil puts this game away.
2: And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation. Care to be great.
5: 14 unanswered by the Utes.
2: University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.
6: Okay, everybody, welcome on in to some special Saturday programming right here on 97.5 EKSL Zone. Alex Kiri here. Michelle Bodkin still hanging out, uh, host of the Saturday show, of course, and then Lloyd Cole uh, also sitting in as we're having a party right down here at the Triad Center. Just between the Delta Center and uh, the Triad Center is that big grass area. The Devereaux Mansion, of course, featured in the Dumb and Dumber uh, films. You can also roll through there. Check out, you, out if it's haunted it it or not. You the Delta
7: Center yet? You used to say it, or is it just I, like it's easy? i never. No, never no. About so it. I
6: for a I long time, you know. and again, having not grown up here, but I've lived here for twenty-three years now. There is a definite thing where, even growing up, like that's the only thing you called it. Yep. Yeah. And we had that moment where, when I first started hosting on air, and I had to mention it, yeah. and it was Energy Solutions yeah. when we first turned that it's over. Mouthful. And everyone's like, so what is Energy Solutions anyway, I'm all, let me get the uh, <laughs> book out on how to explain what it is, like according to what they wanted to say. <laughs> so back to Delta Center, feels like it feels like, uh, although we got, good, we got pretty good at Vivint. We yeah. called it the, yeah, Viv the Viv for a while. Yeah. At one point it was like, uh, you need to start saying it correctly. It is the Vivint Smart Home Arena. And I'm like, I'm not saying that. Yeah, nobody <laughs> wants <laughs> give, to say all that. Give me something else. So Delta Center sounds right, feels right. I'm really excited about it, but uh, I don't know where I was going with that. But either I way. sidetracked you. I sidetracked. He's, it's what he's I do. done that all day. I've been, oh, been sidetracked. No, what I was what I was saying was, is that
8: <laughs> when, where we are. When
6: the yes, when the Delta Center uh, gets the new signage, which it looks like they're already. You see scaffolding going up. Yeah, yep, they've, yeah. they've got the ropes they're going up. They're going to that they're cleaning. They're windows. working on it, so they're putting the, they're going to put the new signage up, and it's going to look amazing. It's going to feel nostalgic to a yeah. lot of people. They're going to see that that Delta triangle on there, and you're going to go, it ooh. Right. It feels right. And you know what's kind of crazy is it also feels like. It's like a memorial, right, to Larry H. Miller, where you're right. like, Kinda. dude. This place with that sign on it, like you remember how how big of a deal it is, well, and and you, you know that's the building Larry built. So, uh, we are parting though today. It is a legit barbecue competition, SCA sponsored, uh, brought to you by the folks. Uh, at Camp Chef, we've got all sorts of sponsors today, Lloyd. You gotta, you gotta help me out with all the yep, people who are actually I doing
7: this thing. Do give me just one second. Uh, back while we're roster. getting
6: going here, Fat Boys down here that you can come eat. There's the Papa Shot bounce houses for the kids, um, and oh, face painting going on. Dallin's busting out his face painting kit later. He's gonna start hooking <laughs> some kids up. Uh, but the,
0: <laughs>
1: <Yes>.
6: <laughs> you do not want you your can face painted, painted down, by down. Down's off here. On. Have, you gotten the, have you gotten one of those orcs from uh, Lord of the Rings? I'll just go like this, drag my hand all the way down your face. Uh, but the booths that are out here, tons of actual, like, competitive cooking that's really going on. It's an actual, this is a, this is a that legit is Did you picture one. that
7: Scotty yeah. put out there?
6: Yeah, I, I no, I did hit all those ribeye. It must be 200 ribeye on one yeah, on gosh. one table. Oh man, it looks so and good! And by the way, this is the first time we're doing it, and I can guarantee you already, without having seen any results yet of anything. This is not, this is one of many. This is the inaugural KSL yep. Barbecue Cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Uh, so if you want to come down noon to six, so we just fired it up officially noon to six. We're going to be uh, hosting you guys, prizes, fat boys. Oh yeah, Casey Scott's spinning over here. By the way, if you hear that music. From Castle uh, 5 television. So uh, it's a dang party
7: out here. Hanson Scotty. That's the only reason my wife's coming down. No, I know. Casey Scott. I saw, Casey, she loves Casey Scott. He has the grossest looking mustache right now. I
8: know. He right. goes,
7: it's the summer of the dirty stash. <laughs> I was like,
6: like if I came home and declared that, 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 that would be an Just interesting her, summer for like, me. She's like,
7: so do you work with Casey Scott? I'm like, well, I, I, of I course. see Casey Scott. Like, <laughs> and, and she's like, she's like. What's he like? Yeah, no, that's you, yeah, I, I love I, it. You know what? Come Casey check him out. and I, Casey I and I think.
6: live actually pretty close together. Casey and I live, live pretty close together. So every once in a while, speaking
7: of the dirty, we're stash. at the, we're at the, there
6: it is. Oh yes.
5: I don't know if it's on your diet.
6: No, no, it, it is. Uh, <laughs> Casey, Casey, you're spinning the hits. Listen. Is this is this legit DJing here? What's going on? Legit DJing. Come down here, enjoy the party. People are (laughs) handing out some samples, and we've got a ton of stuff to give away. Okay. So summer of the dirty stash. That's uh, (laughs) that's what it's been declared by Casey Scott, kso 5 Television. He just brought over some wings, Uh, but I'm I'm assuming we're going to do some sampling all day long, dude. Okay, let's do it. I love it. Uh, What is Casey like? That's what everybody got to go. Imagine the TV persona, yeah. but like off the air. Actually, I don't know how he has more energy. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what it is like. He does. So, so there you go. I,
4: I can't. He's much I can't more colorful. I'm so
7: tempted to just start eating on the air. That's so bad. <laughs> and, and like we have all of our bosses here too. Well, you're gonna want to be thrown to an interview at some point because you're gonna want to try oh, some of this stuff. Good lord. Yeah, throw it on oh, the my. throw it on the heat. <laughs> we just want to
6: try all of it. Bring on the heat.
8: Love so now
6: it. these are, we're getting more wings put on the old plate here.
8: So exciting.
6: Yeah, Michelle said Michelle said she's trying to lay off the. The chicken these days, you know. she's trying to. I'll eat Michelle's. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll Michelle's. Oh,
8: okay, fine. Because you know people I don't you know don't how people are feeling about
6: it. about it. People are like, I love that. <laughs> people always come up and they go, "Can you eat this on your?" I'm like, "This is the place I can eat
7: things."
8: Yes.
6: <laughs> Soda works with this. Okay. I'm gonna start eating all this. Hey, and, it's and if, the if you're, you're worst. dieting,
7: throw it out for one day. It's okay. Make today your cheat sheet. Yeah. Cheat oh days yeah. Are absolutely. to Saturday. One.
6: Sometimes what I do is I take two ice cream sandwiches, put a chicken wing between the two ice cream sandwiches. And that's what you got yourself. That's you. a cheat day. Oh, <laughs> that's a legit oh, cheat oh, day. We're going we're gonna to all share these. We'll yeah, share, we'll these share, share all these. We'll share them. Thank you. Uh, samples rolling around. You can come grab some waters. The face painting is already up and going. So we're Stone gonna, will we're kill gonna have me a... if I get
7: wing sauce all over his headsets. He'll no, it's me. fine. I know. He'll kill me.
6: You take them off yeah. before we start eating. Uh, in terms of stuff that has been going on the last week and in terms of what is kind of on that list of, of importance here locally, Does the average Jazz fan watch these NBA playoffs with great interest? Or do they go, when your team is out, I'm done? Because obviously the implications of what's going to be going on on June 23rd for the actual uh, NBA draft, that's going to be an insane day because you can see there's going to be some movement, not just on the draft picks they make that day, but you have a feeling. The worst thing that happened to my house this week is that uh, the rumors of Luka Doncic and the possibility of him coming to Utah – that has hit my son real hard, and he's like, this is my dream. Like, he's excited. <laughs> and I, I'm already trying to prepare him to, like, talk him down. But these are the kind of things. Do you watch the NBA playoffs? Do you watch the
7: offseason or just go, bring, out, bring on what you have and then show me what you got during the summer league, and then we'll go from there. See, it's like, it's, um, I think leading up to the NBA draft, I think Jazz fans were a little bit more in tune. Now that they know that they got stuck with the ninth pick and they landed right where they were supposed <laughs> to land, I think there was a little bit of a, a deflation there. And I think it's it's a mixed bag. You know, j- jazz fans, they love their jazz. But if they're not in it, sometimes they might tune it out a little bit. Like, it's, you know, when, you're, when your team's out, it's like, oh, man. And you're watching. Though I think there is some intrigue because you have a lot of guys that are playing right now that they can root against. Right. Because that Like, for me, it becomes things that I can root against. Like, rooting against LeBron James has become... Except Your for thing. when he was going on going against Dylan Brooks, it's now that it's now that he's going on against Denver and 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 Jokic. Like it's, I think it's easy to root for Denver, and and so I think there's Jazz fans that are able to watch and root against LeBron James.
8: I think it just really depends on: Are we talking about like? Sh- strict, straight jazz fans, or are we talking about
7: people
8: people that are just NBA fans kind of in general? No, I think,
6: no, Utah jazz fans. Like, if a jazz fan goes, as soon as the season was over, the playoffs weren't an option, I'm out. Or if they go, I'm following all this off-season news because... Like if what is get the a expectation? Today,
7: jazz fans would be below fifty percent. Would everybody? <laughs>
6: well, so that, that's the, the thing. Playoffs. So we did a poll on um, yesterday. We were talking about how expensive tickets were and things like that. Right. And I think within a couple of hours, we already had 6,700 seven hundred votes. Or like an hour, we had wow. six 700, 700 votes on which uh, season tickets you would buy. Jazz season tickets. You can only pick one. Jazz season tickets. Uh, NHL. Salt Lake NHL team mm-hmm. season tickets, Salt Lake Major League Baseball season tickets, or your college football team season tickets. Yeah. College football blows everybody out of the
7: water. Interesting. Right? Interesting. Yes, like, really? um, still. Still. And, and like, I know jazz is still a big deal, but football is nipping at is their heels. It is
8: king. Football is Like, it's is big. King.
7: It's big. <laughs> <laughs> what was that you You're said? You're going to have to take <laughs> this. <laughs> Alex is, he, just, he just bit into to a wing. He's not going to wait. Look at this. What is it? it? I know. I think that it's a lollipop. I it think they look, call them lollipops. It's like a chicken lollipop. Yeah. You guys are going to have to fight over that one because
6: uh, this paper, is. Paper, rock, scissor, you. <laughs> we're going to I'll let you have Paper, it, rock, wing. Fine. Paper, paper, rock, paper rock, rock, wing. As if we're like. <laughs> as,
7: if we <laughs>
6: <laughs>
7: as Michelle breaks out the chicken wing with her arms.
6: I was actually pretty surprised, though, because it was like of those four, college football represented, I think, just over 50%. Huh. And then it was like jazz at like 30-ish. Yeah. That's a precipitous drop off, and then you know hockey was I think single digits, and uh, and I got and then I also and got trouble for not putting RSL on there, so but
7: many, <laughs> and
6: and Major League Rugby and someone's all, what about the shred, dude? I'm like, okay, listen, we can only limit it I'm to sorry, these i I'm sorry, I've
7: only got so many choices I could put I on right. here right now.
6: I, we call it the Big Four Twitter because only allows few, like three yes. or four. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there you go. I'm I'm in the camp too. That's what I would be. And we also talked about how jaded we can get his fans, too. Like, right. when we're done. You and I had this conversation yesterday, Lloyd. It was like, there's no such thing as, as I mean, look, we're too close to all of it. And so we have to turn all that off. And so me thinking that I have any idea of what an actual fan, quote, unquote, right. wants, it's really fascinating because I don't. I have no idea. I'm like, well, I know what I want. And I know how I would be looking at. Mm-hmm. The jazz in their off season, But it's I have to remember, too, different. when I was, you know, 17 and a half, was I really dipping in every day on all that minutia of what the Seattle right. Supersonics were doing? Probably not. But when you come around to the season, I know everything that's going on. Part of the thing is, is does now the expectation get on the table of, because we've said the word superstar too many times, that now we've set up Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge that if they don't get a top five guy or a top eight guy or a top 10 guy in the league, that we're going to go, these guys aren't serious. You know what I mean? Like, I think people have a little bit of unreasonable expectation in that sense. Don't they just say. They built up the assets. Yeah.
7: but And that's why I think they've seen these assets start accumulating. And the thing is, I mean, Scotty talked about it with Michelle earlier. Like, there, there's no way the Jazz are going to be bringing in three rookies. Three first-round pick rookies. Like, they're just not going to do it. So they're going to make some moves w- with uh, with their draft picks. What that move's going to be, I don't know. No idea. But they're going to find – th- and the thing is, as Scotty mentioned, there is an all-star that is going to be in the top nine. It's up to the Jazz to find that all-star. That is what has to happen. They have to find that all-star. So um, will they Will they do it? That's the pressure. Right. And if right. they don't find it, then, yeah, they're going to take some
6: heat. Uh, I just I, I wonder if because I I wonder if it's irresponsible for me when I get on the air and I go what superstar do you want this offseason and then you get in there and then they go hey we got this nice group of role players and then you're supposed <laughs> to go that's really fun that's cute that's really fun sounds exciting you know like I'm looking
8: forward to that I know I think at
6: some point we do we get like a little bit angry about how this thing's gonna end up going you know where we go I don't I don't think I. Your expectations are going to be too much because you go look how many draft right. picks the Jazz have. Look how many draft picks eleven until twenty twenty nine, wasn't that right? And so now we're going to the point where I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm blown away by by one how much we in this offseason we have gotten into things that normally we wouldn't care that much about. Yeah. And I'm trying to take the Jake Scott like <laughs> mode of. Massively low expectations for everything, just so everything else is great. <laughs> I love that. That's the Jake Scott mode. <laughs> Jake Scott mode is, yeah, they'll be bad. Look, twenty-five wins maybe next year, probably the year after. And you're like, come on, dude! Like, don't, don't say that to people out loud. Because the reality is, is I mean, how many? They're gonna they- be grumpy.
7: They're gonna be grumpy. But th- at the same time, like, I don't, I don't know if they're gonna be in the, the playoffs this year. I really don't. I don't no, they're, I don't, they're I don't not don't. going to. They're not going to. I mean, they were right on the cusp of it this year of being an eight seed, but man can they do that can they do that again because um, you obviously saw they started like okay they started sitting people a little bit and you saw them somewhat tanking a right. little bit yeah, yeah they were too good they were <laughs> they were too, too good. good and it was like <laughs> you know and they That's wanted a draft a pick so there's there. like it's but the thing is like i get where jazz fans want to be like they like mm-hmm. like they need to see something something has to happen. No, and sports are different now. Like we they
8: are very different. That, you know hey, well, what we do you now? now? You only have, have
6: a certain to. amount of time. I mean like I'm the, Nick Nurse you're you're gone. Uh, Budenholzer, you're gone. Like you guys are terrible. Like right? We even the front offices are short-sighted. Uh, well, I say short-sighted. They just they have to have a quicker turnaround. Mm-hmm. I mean, Monty Williams being blown out is crazy. Wow. Yeah, that, that what, was What's crazy. worse, Monty Williams or Budenholzer? Because Budenholzer was they a two-time a- coach of the year. They won a, a championship for the first time in 50 years in 2021. And then they go, yeah, but we got knocked out the last – we just went backwards in the playoffs. I'm like, dude, I get it. I get that you didn't have that success that you – like
7: but you, you think got also get look, did you deal with injuries yeah. there's a lot to look at I can't percent. imagine they, I get so they annoyed looked at by Monty it. Williams I mean Monty Williams if he has you know Chris Paul you know if Chris Paul doesn't pull pull a groin like that's a different team are they gonna win probably you know I don't know if they're gonna win but but he dealt with some injuries and this I mean the fact that those guys got 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 canned let that quick is is crazy to me somebody <laughs> Somebody just put a picture
6: out on Twitter. It says, "So you think you're a real jazz fan? Then who's this?" And I think,
3: oh, they, I saw. They that put up the picture record. of a
6: Araujo, baby, <laughs> like the Brazilian nightmare. Oh my gosh! Like, how many people? How many people remember that dude being on jazz? But, but you know, there are so many guys who come in and out of the pro, in and out of the this franchise. Here's what you do have that you know works: a front office is capable. And a head coach that I think is going to be already is kind of world class- i mean not already, but he's going to be world class by the end of it, uh, and that's what you want it's kind of weird too because imagine this imagine this coaching class being out of a job last year, right the jazz would be in that conversation with you think they wouldn't have snapped up Budenholzer or, or Monty Williams right. I mean my heavens, yeah, but I think they got really lucky in the sense that the guy that was available last year who's a brand new coach is really freaking good
7: he's really good and I'm convinced that had had they not grabbed him, he would probably be the Celtics coach. Like he oh, would have gotten a job. He would have gotten yep. a job. And I bet
6: I bet the Celtics are looking at this and they go, Maybe it's good if we get knocked out like in five right. by the
7: Heat. I can't <laughs> believe the Heat have a two O lead. I know.
6: They go, Let's go. They're gonna get knocked out in five by the Heat and then you and then they go, This is actually perfect for us. We'll go, Joe, thank you so much for stepping in this year. We really appreciate it. Now remember when we took the interim tag off? Right. We're gonna take it off all the way now. You're definitely not a coach of our team, <laughs> and because they can, they can go. We want. We're gonna go a different direction because we went. Feel like we went backwards.
7: They have any excuse now to get rid of these guys. I love this. So yeah. awesome. yeah. I love the Eric Spolster is now like the playing game is the greatest thing ever. Oh, you're just like This is the greatest thing ever. And it's like, of course it's the greatest thing ever because you're about to go to the NBA Finals, my yeah, man. But it is,
6: and here's why. It, it is. It's, it's extra basketball. Absolutely. That's playoff basketball. You know, this is why the NBA is shopping around ideas again on the All-Star game because it's a garbage setup currently. Uh The picks – we're kind of fun for a minute, and it's gone away. So the NBA is already looking into blowing up the that system because they're trying to figure out how to make it more competitive. But I think we, we, can't, we can't unring that bell. We've gotten it to where it's become just a celebrity fest where the players just kind of go out and high-five each other and throw terrible passes to one another. You, Lloyd, you and I were watching. We're uh, like, this uh, is awful uh, basketball. Yeah, and we bounced right. at halftime. I mean, it would also been the longest weekend of our lives, but there we are. All right, we're at the uh, first annual KSL Barbecue cook-off presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. So here's he what we have. Did just call it the first annual? He
8: did. He I did, did the ex- same ex- thing earlier. Exactly he did exactly Sorry, inaugural. Inaugural.
6: <laughs> inaugural. Uh, I did presented by Barbecue uh, Pit Stop. So here's what we're going to do. Starting about 30 minutes ago, we fired it up. We got the face paint going on. You have uh, all sorts of prizes, inflatables, prizes, Fat Boy ice cream. Enter to win also a patio set full seven-piece patio set and a smoker, courtesy of the folks at Camp Chef as well and Sheridan Outdoors. Uh, come down and check it out. We're sampling stuff already. I just need to get us to a break so we can start eating something. All right, <laughs> more to go around the corner. Stay with us. We're at the Triad Center, right between the Delta Center and the KSL offices on that big, giant chunk of grass, inflatables, bring the kids down and come hang out. 97.5 BKSL Sports
1: Zone.
0: A gun in the face.
1: Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me.
6: Welcome back. It is, what do we call this? It's just the inaugural first KSL barbecue cook-off presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. Come down to the Triad Center, just between the Delta Center. That tracks line splits kind of exactly where we are. You'll see the bounce houses. The Fat Boy ice creams are here. You can get your face painted, play the Papa Shot. But also featuring, uh, you know, dozens of vendors when it pertains to barbecue. This is an actual SCA-sponsored barbecue cook-off you know what that means you can't just roll up and go hey so uh you want to try my brisket though <laughs> these are guys who they travel around they haul that trailer around all around the country there are thousands of dollars on the line for them you can enter to win prizes for yourself if you come down and hang out at the first ksl barbecue cook-off presented by barbecue
7: pit stop really and, really good event and, and i'll come on be down. honest hands and scotty got the of course they got the best of end, of the, the best end of the deal they're they're testing they're, be, being they're, judging. Judges, they're, judging they're judging on wings. And those yeah. wings, it's the wings that we just ate. Do and they're phenomenal. You know what else oh, they're, they're ho- do you know what
6: else they're ta- test what? tasting too? So they're the judges for the wings. There's some of the judges for the wings. But they're also judges for the jalapeno poppers. Of course.
7: The jalapeno <laughs> poppers.
6: You better so walk I those jalapeno poppers over those, here. Yeah. You better walk poppers. them over here when, when you're done. <laughs> uh, so among all the other things that are going on, just the amount of uh, stuff you can learn about how to be a better Smoker. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> things you can do to be about- –
5: eh, Hey, yes. man. can <laughs> pass that smoke over What do you want to look
6: like? I want to look He's European. Dry. Well, okay. Uh, Not that type <laughs> of smoke. No, 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 no. Come down, but hang out with us. The Sheridan Home and Patio Set that's a seven-piece outdoor dining room set. A beautiful deal. And then the Camp Chef Smoker uh, as well that you can get. It's called the uh, the Woodwind Smoker. So it's top of the line. Valued over $2,000 on, uh, on winning this set. Have it be your barbecue. Have it be your barbecue haven in the backyard. Let's jump to an interview we did this week. One that has caused quite a stir uh, on both sides because I think it's just funny when people get fired up about. Again, we will get fired up about the weirdest things in the off season yeah. because that's what we have. We had Pete Futok from uh, College Football News on with us, and Pete does a great job. He has covered uh, everything across the world of college football. He's like involved in all of the goings on and all the moving around of things. And he mentioned something interesting because I said, what's the league going to look like when Texas and Oklahoma leave? And he had some like, kind of mind-blowing stuff that got, I think, a lot of BYU fans excited. But first, we were really excited about Dion, Coach Prime, who this week made news because he bought a new car. This is where we're at in sports. A giant Ford truck is where we start
4: off our conversation with Pete Futak and what the future of the Big 12 looks like. There's no too much anything for Dion except including players. I mean, I I kind of like this thought, this this kind of you know performance art idea of let's just like not have any players on our team outside of like five people, including his kid. Which you know, all right, maybe they're still around, but this will be interesting. I, I am all time. He's my all time, one of my all time favorites football players, college and pro. Yep. I've, I've got loads of Dion merch. It's a good choice. I mean, he's a,
5: he's a great player. So, yeah.
4: He was just amazing. And, I, and look, it's going to be fun. Look, it's their schedule's a disaster. <laughs> they don't have any players yet. They've got a nightmare of a schedule. Let's see how fun this whole thing is when they are two and ten. You know, because if you look at what they've got, this is not going to be a easy flip. They're going to be more talented. They're going to have a better starting 22, but they're going to run this Kent State last year flash-fast offense with Sean Lewis, which is fun. It keeps defenses on their toes, but it also means you can go three and out in about four seconds. So, like, this is this is going to be interesting. I hope he succeeds. I hope this works. I am a huge fan. It would be amazing for college football if Deion Sanders and Colorado are, are great again. I just don't think that's gonna happen this year and it's gonna see okay will, will everyone be patient that it's going to take a year or three
5: so what what happens when uh, shadur is not playing well does he go into his office and talk to himself uh, as, yeah. as, a, as a mad parent <laughs> how does that work I, I've never
4: understood how they how you could do that uh, how you know you, you coach your, your kid in any sport uh, without coming across in, in any way, without like it's all oh well it's business he's coach to me when I'm out uh, there no he's not he's his dad like it just it just it you can't it just I I get it I get it works but look Shader Sanders is good you know he is a great he's an NFL prospect of a quarterback so it's not just like oh Deion kid so of course it, like he's actually a legitimately very 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 good quarterback. And they've got, again, they're going to have a killer starting 22. But, again, it's a a patient thing. I've told you this, guys, before. I was at Wisconsin when they didn't go to a bowl or an NCAA tournament, my entire college existence there. But I was there for the start of the Barry Alvarez era, and I heard it. I heard the, the, we are going to win championships around here. None of you are going to be here when we do, but we are going to win championships. And he basically ran off everybody who didn't and they were awful for like a year and then year two they got better and then year three it kicked in so this is not going to be an easy fix
6: uh pete one of the things that i'm really interested in is one july one byu is officially in the big 12 along with ucf and uh, houston and cincinnati and so this is a, a fun era Uh, But also, you know, I I also did some time in Texas. That makes it sound bad. But I I lived in Texas (laughs) for a while. And, you know, I know how important Texas and Oklahoma, frankly, are to that conference. What is life going to be like without those two blue blood programs in the Big 12 anymore?
4: Sucks. It does. It like, look, I'm I'm now going to give you a topic. Which will you know for you in, a, in an off season day when you're looking for content? That's right now, by is the way. B- <laughs> it, well, that's why I'm on. Wait, wait, wait. Is by is by BYU the biggest program in the conference? I who if it's not them, who is it? Because you have to remember, you know, look at like some like the Big Ten. You know, you've got the University of Michigan, University of Wisconsin, of Minnesota, of Nebraska, Penn State, State, Ohio State, I mean, the big, giant schools in each state. No offense to BYU or anything, like this, but, you know, look, pac has got the University of Utah, University of Colorado, University of Arizona, University of Washington. Like, it, it's something to be said about having the state. And Texas leaving means there goes the University of Texas, University of Oklahoma. So in terms of just national and international interest, Who's your, who's your anchor tenant at the mall? You know, who, who's, you know, why is everyone coming to this thing? Is it TCU? No, not really. I mean, Kansas State? No. I mean, Kansas for basketball, sure, but football? Eh. Yeah, so, so who is it? Oklahoma State? You have to kind of say that BYU is probably the biggest national program in the Big 12 to start. So this whole idea of the Big 12 is going to, like, expand. Oh, we're just going to go get Colorado and Utah and Arizona. Why would those other schools do that? Because all all of a sudden they'd be the big fish in the pond, which is kind of fun. But that's not really what these other schools are going for at this point.
5: Wow, that's a a fascinating take. We've actually had some of those discussions about some of the Pac-12 schools possibly going to the Big 12 and and, and all of a sudden being the big dog. I I mean, I guess you could argue that – uh, you go to a conference that's winnable. You you assure yourself a seat at the dance in the expanded college football playoffs. I mean, I guess that would be yep. uh, a bonus to it. You know, I I there's an interesting development in the Pac-12, and I, and I'm curious to, to get your thought on this because they've talked about these innovative uh, in broadcast enhancements to uh, television games in the Pac-12, where they're miking up players, they're actually doing coach interviews, they're they're having access into. Uh, is there is there more to read into this than uh, this is just an innovation? Like, if, if you're having these discussions with an ESPN partner or someone, th- is this an indication that possibly they might be getting to a media rights deal?
4: I think they're close. I mean, first of all, if, if you're trying to turn yourself into the XFL, if you're looking to that for your guidance, okay, you know, it's, it, yeah, but they, they've got to. But, look, I, I don't understand this. I mean, because the Big 12 deal is the deal. And here's the problem. Here's why I don't honestly think that you're, the Big 12 is going to get any of these Pac-12 schools. At the end of the day, they're not going to offer anything that is that much greater than what the Pac-12 will eventually be able to offer. And then there's the school part of this. And not the school shame or anything, but – you know, University of Texas was by far by like a hundred miles, the best academic institution in the big 12. Now, what is it, you know, go at the now in the new and, you know, big expanded big 12, you know, BYU has got a lot of the research. In, so is it BYU? Like like where like Kansas is actually technically kind of it because of the tier one access uh, designation, I should say, and all the research stuff and, and, and things like that. But like, if you're in Arizona or a Utah, you, at the end of the day, I know they. You know, nobody cares about the football side of this. You're still in a conference with Stanford and Cal, you know, so you're still in a conference with some pretty big academic powerhouses, which you can still align yourself to. And there's something to be said for all the te- all the schools in the Pac-12 are at a certain research level, and a lot of the ones in the Big Twelve or some of the ones in the Big Twelve aren't. So like it's I don't think that's going to change too much. And then the other thing about this uh, this expansion idea too is where are your markets? You know who's the Pac-12 still has? Yeah, I know. Again, you know nobody in San Francisco cares about Stanford and Cal football. You still have San Francisco. You still have Seattle. You still have Salt Lake City. You still have Phoenix. You still have some of the biggest markets in the country. I think that the PAC 12, the problem with the PAC 12 media deal side of this is they're just, they could probably get a deal similar to what the Big 12 wants. I think they want a little bit more. And I think TV networks are all a little nervous that, you know, like, hey, Big 10, are you just like playing with us here? You're just going to take Oregon and Washington like four years into our media deal. Uh, so there's still a lot of stuff to work out. At the end of the day, they're probably going to be on Peacock. There's probably going to be some part of this that's on ESPN in some way. The Pac-12 will figure this out. Uh,
6: Pete Futak, if you're just joining in, uh, Pete, of course, joins us periodically, and he uh, knows what he's talking about, college football news, and it's just declared BYU's probably the biggest program in the Big 12 once Texas and Oklahoma leave. Not me. Not the BYU if, grad. If
5: that, it's a valid argument. It's, no, it's, it's it's a valid no, I, argument. No. It's
6: one that we've asked, and I, no one has the no one has the the self esteem yet because they're not they haven't been in the conference yet to go. Yeah, BYU's probably a uh, you know the the big name now and there like l- legacy wise. But the reality is is that everybody we've sort of at, made that same point by saying, well, so now who is the team that you really want to take down in that conference? Everybody looks around and goes. It's that, it's that meme with Spider-Man, right? Everybody's well, pointing at each other going, I don't yeah. know, it's
4: these guys. So well, I, well, we it's don't know. Even about, it's, not even, it's not even about history of the school. It's about eyeball. This is a business thing. And this is why it's kind of weird when you see sports writers on Twitter being like, well, this doesn't make any sense for this school. They went, you know, 5-19 and 19 over the last year. No, no, no. They Their market is the fifth largest market in the country. You know, that that's what this is about. There's a reason why the Big Ten – Got Rutgers and the University of Maryland, and it wasn't because of their football legacies. It's about the media markets. And if you're looking at what it, it, again, when I said before the thing about when you lose Texas and Oklahoma, who are the big deals in each state? Well, all right, fine. So you kind of have Kansas City, but you still have the University of Missouri taking up some of that oxygen. You got you know Iowa, but the University of Iowa is the bigger school in that state. And Texas, you have a bunch of schools, but. It's still Texas AM and Texas. So, again, when it comes to the, on a a typical Big 12 Saturday without Texas and Oklahoma, even if you have a Texas or a TCU or a Kansas State or someone like that who is the, you know, the top team in the conference, nationally and more to the point internationally for those who care, again, what school in the Big 12 going forward is going to get a bigger draw? Then BYU, except maybe UCF, because the Orlando market's you know crazy for UCF now, but probably BYU is probably gonna get the most eyeballs.
6: Man. Yeah, it's a all right, write it down. It's July, you know, or no, it's June sixteenth, you know, a month ish from now, and then we go. What are we going to talk about today? Bring up Pete's comments again about BYU. Yeah, Yeah. man. (laughs) That's how we do it in the summer.
5: Speaking of of UCF, uh, rumblings in the ACC, Florida State, um, uh, some of these other schools, Clemson, you know, not happy about their media rights deals, which they should be. Uh, They have to be just furious that here UCF basically wasn't even in existence uh, I don't know, a couple of decades ago. I mean, I lived in Orlando, and I'm like, where did UCF come from? <laughs> and now it's now it's in the you know, Power Five Conference and I believe has a better media rights deal than these traditional plow- powers like Miami and, and Florida State.
4: Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of whining and nothing's going to happen. The ACC is not going to dissolve. They can't just leave, I mean, without paying a massive penalty. So they're just kind of whining because they want a better deal. And, you know, for a Florida state, well, everyone kind of, they all kind of forget that, you know, they made some money off these other teams going to bowls when they were stinking it up for a few years before Mike Doveral started to turn this back around. And the crazy part about this whole thing is we're not in in the realm of sports in the whole giant, you know, sphere of American sports, we're not really talking about that much money. We're talking about basically each school a year is getting paid as much as like Jalen Hurts. You know, so I mean, we're, we're, we're not talking like hundreds of millions of dollars a year outside of what these programs can produce on their own. You know, we're talking, you know, 50, 60, 80 million dollars a year, which obviously is a lot to it. But in the world of giant corporations, what, what these are, that's kind of couch cushion money. So they, they just want more. And this idea of, oh, well, we can't compete with the Alabama Yeah, they can. That's fine. They just want to get – they want to be a bigger deal. They want a better you know media ability to do more stuff, and they just want to be seen as a bigger overall deal. I don't think they would necessarily go to the SEC uh, if they were able to get out of this. And if, you know, if, if there was a way to get North Carolina, the Big Ten would have done that uh, like five years ago. But their grant of rights deal that goes to twenty thirty six is ironclad, and no one seems to be able to figure out how to get them out of that. So, either you whine now, and the ACC says, "You know what? You're right. We got to scrap this and come up with something better," or else you also have a bunch of really grumpy schools in your conference.
6: I'm sorry, I'm looking at it, and I'm going. You just made that interesting point too, Pete, about. Uh... These teams, they're, they're, their their pay is less than what Jalen Hurts gets, you know, and the the amount of fighting and, and and around here, by the way, everybody's waiting for that Pac-12 deal to drop because there's going to be this like pointing and laughing at each other, however way it goes. Because BYU's is going to be going, yeah, man, we're going to be getting t- uh, you know 31.3 million dollars, and if and if Utah is just 31.4, then they're gonna go, then they're gonna be like, yeah, man, we told you, that's how rivalries work, you know. But then, in the reality yeah. is is. These, these schools are all, as I look at it on the list, Kirk Cousins' uh, level of payout every year of the average salary. So there you go.
4: Exactly. So you're not talking about these massive – and I and, I, and, and think of like, among everything else in the world that I don't know anything about. I can't figure out why, and I've worked on the media side of this thing. I still don't understand why something like, oh, like the Pac-12 network – can't sell their own ads and do their own thing. And or you know, I get you want the money from an ESPN or a Peacock or an Amazon Prime or you you want that outside money coming in. But I got to feel like if you if you're able to adequately sell your own product, why aren't you the one who's creating this sort of thing? I I I get you want other programming around it, but it just doesn't make sense that in today's day and age of streaming where you know, no kid knows what a TV commercial is at this point, except huh. for sports, you know, you could, you, if you say, hey, look, next week is, you know, BYU versus Oklahoma State on the Big 12 network. Well, if you make it easily available, where's everybody going to go to watch that game? It's The two teams are good. They don't care if it's on ESPN or ABC primetime or whatever. they will go to the Big, Ten, Big 12 network. So it's, everyone's trying to get really creative at the same time and also these other conferences are are sort of being able to keep networks alive because again outside of sports when it comes to programming you know i don't know what the the nightly lineup is on abc outside of you know what you know they tell me on the ads you know, who watches tv other than you know the the warriors lakers tonight so it, it to me it doesn't really matter if it's on tnt or espn or where it is tonight you're just going to watch it. Yeah. So, uh, I think the Pac-12 is going to get really creative here. It's going to look non-traditional, but to your point, at the end of the day, Utah is probably going to get that 31.4 compared to the
6: 31.3. There you go, Pete Futak, collegefootballnews.com. His conversation, th- those words of him saying, "Hey, look, you're not just a you're not just seeing BYU go in there and everybody's like, "Hey, have fun as a brand new member." Uh, I had this explained to me though, or I didn't have it explained to me, but somebody said something I thought was interesting because everybody goes, yeah, that's how big BYU's B- brand is. As soon as Texas and Oklahoma leave, who's got the legacy and the big brand and the TV reach, you know, like the, the, the BYU. And then a lot of people look at go, that's actually terrible for your conference then, right? Like you bring somebody new right. in and they're suddenly the big dog. And uh, I saw somebody, I think, put it out there when we put it on Twitter. They're all, this is an awesome self-burn. Like, (laughs) (laughs) sweet self-burn, dude. Like, you know, because Utah and and BYU folks went at it for a minute being like, oh.
7: Of course. Oh,
6: man. Yeah, you got, yo, sure, you're going to be the legacy member of your conference after one year. Sure. You know, like, and I think less about, I think it's less about whether or not they have a legacy member versus a, just a visible program. This is a question we've had from the beginning about the Big 12. Mm -hmm. When they get into it. Who's that team going to be? Who's the team that's going to be at the top? It changes every year. Who's the Who's even a a uh, what is, What is it called? A rival for 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 BYU when you go to the conference? Because every beat writer we've talked to, they're like, "Yeah, this is our rival over here." It's like they're getting picked last a little bit yeah. on the rivals. And what are you going to do? Be a Central Florida rival? I don't freaking think so. If, to me, to, it feels no like TCU. Yeah. It feels like TCU. There could was be the, it the aggression was there yeah, for absolutely. years in the Mountain West, but, but Baylor you and them. TCU say. No, it's Baylor and TCU. Right.
8: Well, I mean, think about, though, Utah moving to the Pac-12 and how, you know, that kind of went. Because, uh, obviously, they got paired with Colorado. It's not Colorado. Would we, we say it's Colorado, The Rocky though?
7: Mountain rivalry or whatever? No, I call, Rock- I call it the Rocky. Rumble in the Rockies. Rumble and the
8: Rockies. It was the, Rocky, Mount-
7: the, it was, it was the
6: Rocky Mountain it was the Rocky Mountain Oyster Cup, all right? That's what oh, it was. Oh, I was going to do the
8: Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's, like, it's definitely horrible for it's Colorado.
0: Not a rivalry,
7: but they've developed some – I mean, there's I, something I think, brewing with USC, and it's too bad they're leaving because there is yeah, something brewing I, with I USC.
8: would say there's something with USC, I, you know, figured out and have, I think, a little bit of a rivalry with right. ASU. Um, that can kind of get a little nasty and testy at times. Uh, Stanford is more of a friendly rivalry, but I think there's some mutual respect there. You know, I. Are but in the like, end, when it, you want
7: a rivalry, like you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to figure win. It out. Some, it, you're, one, you'll figure, figure it, it, out, it out, and you're gonna also because they didn't have a lot of success against TCU when they were back in the in the Mountain West. You're gonna have to get some of those. That's yeah. how that rivalry. Yeah, I think, right. I think
6: TCU's five in a row on BYU
7: right. right now like it was not, and the, like the, like Utah, the games they did get against TCU, they got them one because they got them at home. Right, and they was those were close, tough, fought yep. games. You go down to Ammon Carter Stadium
6: in Fort Worth. And and TCU during those Gary Patterson years when they were getting their, earning their way into uh, into the right. Big Twelve, they were a force. And then obviously you get to the national championship game last year, and then people look at them. But the Big tw- this is the this is where the Big Twelve question marks are. Yeah. Baylor went from winning the thing the year before to being absolutely off the off the map Decent last year. Right. TCU goes to the national championship game after the year they had right before that. I mean, you're talking about. Sonny Dykes was there for five minutes, dude. Like, right. You know, and poor Gary Patterson, dude, do you remember the week of? They were like, oh, how does it feel like to watch your team be able to do it? He's like, you know, I helped build that. You know, he's like all crying. <laughs> and what he's saying is, "Is I never sh- got there. That should yeah. have been me. I was so close, and I got I got poo canned. I'm out of here, right? And it, it, like, in a way that Gary Patterson could be, but. Yeah, that was it. Was pretty. It was pretty interesting. To see. All right, let's take another break. We're going to come back. We've got tons going on here. We'll wrap things up uh, for this hour, and then we'll come right back. We are at the very first KSL Barbecue Cookoff presented by Barbecue Pit Stop, a free event to the public. Just come down, and we've got a bunch of stuff going on here. The free popcorn. Uh, wow, wow! My kids found the free popcorn. It's a freaking <laughs> shock. Wow. <laughs> Good job guys. It's not hidden,
7: you'll find it too. Trust
5: me.
6: (laughs) You ever (laughs) see Hotel Transylvania? Great movies for little kids. Yeah. That wolf family that has all the kids, that's us. (laughs) Dead tired shredding things up dead tired dad walking around and then the kids just like Tasmanian devils all over the place. All right. We'll come back. More to go. Ninety seven five VKSL Sports. soon. welcome back everybody it is 97.5 the ksl sports zone it is the very first annual ksl barbecue Cookoff presented by barbecue pit stop uh, alex keery lloyd cole michelle bodkin in a few minutes you're going to be able to uh i think hansen skydy you're going to wander over and jump in i just want to get the vibe as to what exactly happened uh on their ta- on their taste test michelle that's what i'm like i i want to know i want to know what the best thing? What they're looking for when it comes to you know uh, what it what they like because they did the wings right. right. And you and I te- you and I ate some of those wings, delicious, phenomenal, so yummy. You forget when people are you know pro pro cookers. You know like that's a, that's a real thing. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that I think that the reality is when you're at these things and these guys are cooking for money. You I, all the folks who are rolling in and they've got and they've got. Something for you to sample. This is decades of development. Yeah. In their backyard, at their restaurants. A lot of these people who are at these competitions own their own restaurants. Uh, in Texas and South Carolina, I met a couple from uh, Mississippi.
8: Oh, wow. This is
6: th- These people are coming from everywhere to come do this. And whatever family recipe that was in that back pocket, these guys brought it here to Salt Lake, to the Triad Center for this competition. And uh, you can come down, free event, for you to hang out uh, Bounce houses, face painting, Fat Boy ice cream, uh, games for the kids, all sorts of stuff. So you can come hang out. We still have another break before, technically, right before the top. I feel like, Shiloh, did we blow through one of these? Do we need to take another one before we go to the uh, before we go to the top of the hour? I mean, we're already past the top of the hour, but we've been late all day. You know why? Because we've t- been talking barbecue. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's the way it's been. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll come back. There are a couple, there are a handful of interviews still from this week. Uh, that we want to be able to have you guys listen to, and Hanson Scott, you're going to jump on here in a little bit as well. Uh, so when we come back, we want you to join us downtown here, uh, all the way up till six o'clock. So we just kind of fired things up. Don't think you're going to miss it if you don't uh, come down now. If you come down, just take tracks if you want. The mm-hmm. the arena stop puts you right on the front door of this, uh, and it's free to get in. It's everything's free here today. So just come down and uh, and check it out. Casey Scott spinning the tunes over here. Some uh, cover of uh, Garth Brooks's. Uh, Friends in Low Places. You live long enough, every song's going to be covered. Pretty much. Every, everything's going to be a retro song. All right. We'll take the break. We'll come back. And when we do, Hans and Scotty will join us. We'll see what their uh, cooking, uh, judging situation was like. And much more. Stay right here with us. 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. <music> All right. Breaking news. We just got an update. The jalapeno poppers competition is almost over, which means we get the leftovers.
8: I am excited. <laughs> I, I love jalapeno okay. poppers. And I thought,
6: well, there's 30 competitors, right, doing the – and 30? 30, really? 30 different jalapeno poppers? I mean, how could you make it better? Let me just give you an idea because two people just described to us who are a husband and wife team, but they do their own. They actually compete against each other in, in the poppers uh, uh, category. Here's what hers is. Uh, you know, the jalapeno popper, right? You right. got the jalapeno. You got the cream cheese in the middle of it. Some people do, do other different types of cheeses. And then she wraps it in mac and cheese, hits it with breadcrumbs, and deep fries it again. Delicious. So it's a mac and cheese wrapped, deep fried jalapeno popper. And as soon as you were like, that's intense, he goes, stop the phone here.
5: He <laughs> does,
6: you know what a scotch egg is? That's what t- they take a boiled egg, wrap it in sausage, roll that, and then fry that. And then you've got a uh, scotch egg. This is what they call an armadillo egg which is the jalapeno on the inside with the cream cheese. And in his case, he said he put some other mix of cheeses in there that's secret and he'd have to kill you. But <laughs> then he wraps it. And then he does. He, he wraps it in sausage, rolls it in the breadcrumbs, and then booyah, deep fries it. So those are some of the things we're going to be Ooh. hoping to try here in the next few moments. So the jalapeno popper competition is almost done. It's uh, it's coming down the pipe here. And and uh, that's Hans and Scotty are doing that right now. They're judging the uh, the poppers right now. So we'll have them come on as soon as uh, they have some extra time here. Lloyd Cole, Alex Geary, Michelle Bodkin, we are at the first annual KSL Barbecue Cook-Off brought to you by Barbecue Pit Stop. Come down, and it's a free event right here between the Delta Center and uh, the Triad Center here at KSL. You can come hang out and win yourself some prizes and uh, see what's going on. Enter to win a Sheridan Home and Patio combo. Uh, also with... A woodwind smoker by Camp Chef. So that's a $2,500 package right there you could win. Uh, we're ineligible, of course, because we're employees of the station. Shoot. But here we are. Here we are. Bummer. This is our patio furniture, A uh, an outdoor uh, remote setup for KSL Sports. All right. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Lloyd, I know that we were talking about maybe jumping in here with a, a – with an interview of some sort, but you would you would talk to me about that. And again, we talk about on-air uh, producing. Here we are. We're on the flight. We don't. We're not on the air oh, yeah, most Jerry of Bovee.
7: Jerry Bovey. Jerry Bovey. So you guys. What segment are we? At? Did we go back to? Did we go to break? Sorry, I we did go to family. A, we, we did, did we go, go to go a break. break? Okay. Well, we did.
6: But now, so now, now we're, we're doing a segment. whole new hour. Now, so here we are. Um, let You you set it up for us because I know that was an interview uh, that you guys uh, had earlier this week, and so. Tell us what it is and what you guys actually heard from this thing.
7: Yeah, so they got into uh, with Jerry Bowie, interim uh, athletic director for Utah State. Uh, You know, obviously talked about there was a big, big decision that was made with, uh, you know, the hiring of a new president, which was uh, went down yesterday. Um, And man, the
6: president, the the president to athletic director to athletic department relationship is so freaking huge at these schools. Right. Mm -hmm. It is. Everybody's looking and going. What is this going to look like? Because you have to have a – that's why Taylor Randall's been so good at Utah, right? Mm -hmm. That's why when you have a president down at BYU who's like, I want the football team and the basketball teams to do well. I want the sports teams to excel. That's how we want to put ourselves on the map too. You love that. But they're sometimes not the case. So I'm interested to see what this new president is
7: going to be like too. So a new president, by the way, uh, was hired away from from Arizona. Elizabeth R. Cantwell uh, is now the new president of Utah State. (laughs) And – I mean, granted, this was, the interview was before this decision was happening, but he kind of went into the decision. uh, He talked a little NIL. You know, that obviously is a big thing for Utah State. And he started off talking about, you know, this big decision that was going to be happening on Friday.
3: I think so. I think by Friday we'll have a good idea of what we're looking at. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. It's an interesting process when you hire a president. Uh, The Board of Regents makes the final call, but... It, it takes a while to get to this last week but then when you get to the last week it zooms yeah so they're on campus three candidates on campus today going through five different uh, interview processes with different constituencies on campus including the public and then tomorrow i think they kind of get a a sense of what the valley's like they go around and look at houses and kind of get a feel for for uh, logan and then friday the board of the board of regents comes up meets with the candidates deliberates and makes a hire in the afternoon so and the white smoke comes, comes out, out of like the building this, and- yeah will you will you accept this rose and- yeah,
2: yeah so the official announcement then will be beginning of june right
3: uh, they would so then it would be announced friday they would start july 1 july
2: 1 is the official change. i, I think see- that's okay. what
3: their plan was all along gives gives a month or so to so to put them in place. What does that mean for you then? As
2: we all, because Scotty and I are tired of throwing a little phrase in front of you as no, I'm not right? tired
3: about it at all. Yeah, you know, honestly, it'll be up to the president to decide what that process is like. Whether they would like to do a, a full blown search, or you know, it could go a lot of different ways. They could interview and ask a few people. Is this, is this the right guy? Um, they could go with a full national search and, and decide that they want to look at the landscape and you know ultimately, whoever the president is is going to do what they feels best for Utah State moving forward. And I mean, I'm a little biased, but but I'm ready to to do whatever it takes to go through that process, including if it goes another way, to get back to work as the deputy and, and do my job.
9: Jerry Bovee joining us right here on 975 D KSL Sports Zone. All right, so a lot to talk about. Uh, it is kind of a off season, so to speak, from football and basketball, but there's still so much going on right now. Let's talk a little bit about a basketball hire that you make and it on paper looks like you knocked it out of the park with Danny Sprinkle, but he doesn't return as of right now, it looks like zero point production on next year's team and has seemingly built a team on the fly. It seems like that's kind of the world we're living in right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, the 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 idea that a transfer portal is available to student-athletes, I, I I think going forward, at least in the near future, you're going to see any coaching change. Um, student-athletes are going to jump into the portal to see what that looks like. When Blake came in to take over the football program two years ago, a lot of guys jumped in, and he had to be in the mode of re-recruiting those that were in the program, as well as recruiting yeah. from outside to bring them in, so that's the new normal, and it, it's probably hardest for the fan base to get accustomed to because you, you kind of fall in love with your players, and mm-hmm. you get a you know a feel for what it looks like, and they're going to see a different team on the on the court next year. So that's hard.
2: Yeah, Scotty and I were talking about some of the elite names and guys that you see, see do big things. Ashworth was just incredible and an amazing, amazing athlete and did so much for that university. I almost feel like we're getting away from the days of number retirement and legacy. And, you know, where you know, my uncle Merlin's got a statue that stands above that field because of the years that he put in of service to Utah state, it feels like legacies aren't going to come around very often anymore. In college yeah. Athletics. That's
3: a good point. Hans and I, I think about that a lot too because that's one of the unique things about collegiate athletics that we've always had, right? I mean, professionally, that was the old days as well, but then free agency came into play and all the different things. You're probably not going to see it at that level either. I mean, there's just two statues out in front of the Delta Center that you may not see at that level anymore. So there's a trend toward that, Um, but I do think that uh, we'll find some – some normalcy. I, I'm. I've been uh, impressed with Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCA. He he is making the rounds right now, and I've heard him speak uh, about his view of the world. And you know, as a politician coming in, a former governor of New Hampshire, he's going to spend half the year in in Washington D.C. Uh, you're going to see some legislation, I think, over the next few years that will at least slow this down. We're already starting to see it. Uh, new new rule now for us that if you take a 4-4 transfer, so a student athlete that's at a four-year institution transferring to you as a four-year institution, you're committed to their education even if they quit the team. So I'm telling our our basketball coaches especially, if you recruit a kid that, that's coming or, or a young lady on the women's side, if you recruit of a four-year or four-year college transfer to us we're committed to them the rest of the way even if they decide i don't want to play anymore which happens a little bit more on the women's side than the men's side uh we our our gpas just came out our our department gpa is 3.36 and the women are trending at about 3.5 as a group so they definitely have different goals and aspirations when they come to play
9: but if a, but if they go to somewhere else, then that's okay. But If they, they just, go to somewhere else, okay. then you're off
3: the hook. But we've also got APR that's still yeah. in play that's been here for 15 years. That rule is not changing. So I'll have coaches say, well, are they going to adjust the APR rule? Because you're held accountable to eligibility and retention with APR. So it seems counterintuitive to be held accountable for retention when we've opened the door and made retention a difficult thing.
2: Well, I, I don't know if I like the term, but dead money, that would be racking up a lot of dead money if you're not really careful.
3: And you burn the scholarship that you can't replace. So it's, um. it's going to be subtraction by addition, and you may not be able to put a team that you can scholarship on if you don't manage that right. Mm. So that alone, I think, is going to slow the process down. It's not slowing the opportunity for the student-athlete because the NC is not going to that, – that ship has sailed. But it's going to cause the institution to decide strategically are we – are we in the game? To t- they better be really good and fit our profile or else we might have to pass.
9: You know, you hear, and, and frankly, Stephen Ashworth was pretty open and honest when he came on our show and talked about, you know, I went, talked to Washington and what Washington was offering in terms of NIL and collective was, was significant. And it seems like a lot of coaches, and I, I, I guess I shouldn't say this, there's a lot of collectives that are saying, two kids that are in the transfer portal come here and that's the first conversation is this is available to you um, how do you manage that because I know that you don't want to quote use a collective to buy players but you do want to have a collective to support players and and keep them there so how do you manage all of that
3: yeah you I think you said it best right now we're looking at and we have two collectives right now that are in the works to to come about. One, that I could see a million dollars in the pool to be used primarily uh, for, for men's basketball and football. Uh, as you said, I, I'm not really in in the mode of, because I just don't think at our level here in Logan, Utah, we can compete with the power fives that are saying, you come here and the, the going rate for uh, a point guard is 200000 or a running back, you, you know, you're... I talked to Quinton Ganther about this. The, the pricing at the collegiate level is starting to happen like it is in the in the pro market. You know, Hans, yeah. every position has its own Absolutely. dollar figure, and you're starting to see that trend with the Power Fives, at least. We're not going to be in that situation. That are signing dollar figures. Yeah, as they come in. So sight unseen, without ever knowing if you're going to fit culturally in the program or whatever, we're going to offer you these dollars. Now, where we currently stand, there's not many contracts being signed. So there's a lot of unmet Promises and dreams, and it's not tied to the institution. We, you know, we're not involved in that. That's an outside group, basically. I mean, so I've heard some people say we're doing legally now what used to be done illegally. Yeah. You
2: know, that it brings up a really interesting scenario because when you watch these kids leave for money, especially being a former college player that played for nothing and and liked it, you have very little. Uh, Ability to empathize with them when they sent out a tweet that says, "I was supposed to be paid three hundred thousand and I wasn't," and it's like, "All right, delete, unfollow, you're an idiot." Yeah. And here's a nineteen-year-old kid that got some bad advice, that chased the money, that didn't have the contract, and now is looking for sympathy, and there just isn't going to be any. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I, the, the former team is going to be like, "Yeah, well, oh, come on back. We love you." And be like, no, just shut the door on it. If, you're, if they're not paying you, too bad. Go jump out to another university then.
3: And yeah, and I think you are seeing a lot of coaches, our Blake Anderson being one of them, that he felt like uh, his first year he needed to re-recruit our own athletes back. So those that had jumped in the portal just for protection on their side, he, you know, he recruited them, DT. We yeah. we had some guys come back, yeah. but he's in a different place now that he's in the system. If you decide you're gonna, I mean, we had a donor function the other night, and he was asked the question. He said, "Well, how do you feel if uh, your your wife decided she wanted to go and and just play the field and date a little bit? You're gonna you're gonna allow that and and then take her back if she can't find anybody else? Okay, you know, that's that's not happening. It's not happening here. If if we're gonna support them if they decide to go, we talked about Steven Ashworth. I, I mean, I can't blame steven at all for what he did and and he's a little bit different he had offers for more money at other places he was looking for the right fit for him to achieve his dream of playing in the nba whether or not that happens that'll play out but the money was a secondary and you know he he got a nice deal with a travel budget for his parents and his wife and that's really cool
2: and he did put in work for utah state too he did
3: yeah, I mean we can't. You know, there's a lot of animosity right now in the in the fan base across the country. But I've I've said in our in our roadshow donor meetings, who of you here? Um, makes two that makes two hundred thousand dollars a year after a full career of getting to that point he's he's going to make that next year and that's life-changing money at least to get your career started whether he goes to europe after plays in the nba or just goes into business
9: yeah and and that and that's the other thing too i mean i think we all need to take a step back and say okay you can talk about loyalty but if somebody comes in and offers you a hundred thousand dollar increase over what you're making you're going to think along the way
3: most well in his case $200,000 Two hundred thousand yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or two fifty if you include the all the the Bennies most people would make the career move yeah for that kind of money um, you, you, we talked a little bit about this, but
9: kind of go through what it 's like when you have to you 've hired coaches before and you 've knocked it out of the park uh, you you know you gave Jay Hill the job at Weaver State um, but this was this was a big one at Danny sprinkle. what was that process like for you
3: yeah it was it was uh, a great opportunity as an interim for me. Just to show the folks here at Utah State another dimension to what I'm capable of. And I have hired coaches uh, over a 10-year span at Weber State, a lot of coaches. Yeah. And successful coaches. And you've retained them. And we retained them Which at a place that's hard to do. Which is more impressive People will say, hey, that was a great hire of Jay Hill. Well, you know what? I I would count keeping Randy Ray for 17 yeah. years uh, in that program. When he had offers to go to Fresno. Colorado State, Boise—I mean, on and on. Did you hire Jeremiah? I did, yeah, and, and retained him. Yeah, and I know that there were multiple
2: universities coming after him. Yeah, he uh,
3: and look across been, the he, board, all yep. your hires. I mean, Retail, uh, Mary Kay Amicone has won how many championships at Weber State? A lot. State? Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's won every year since I've left, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's a culture thing. Hans. when you when I mean, if they go, they go, and I get that, but. Our job is to make it hard because of all the resources and support that they get on a daily basis, and that just takes work and effort and being in the foxhole fighting with them. So, what? but back, back yeah, to yeah. Danny. Um, the nice, if there was a, a silver lining in that process, uh, Ryan Odom left the day before I was going to the Final Four, where every coach, every D one coach in America is for their meetings. Mm-hmm. So I was able to interview twelve. Uh, candidates um, in a two-day period, an hour and a half apiece. You oh. do the math. It was a busy weekend, but but I couldn't have done it any any better or quicker. Have, not having that back backdrop. So, and I met with. There was a lot of interest. Uh, we had Power Five coaches wanting this job. Uh, Power Five assistant coaches at big time universities interested in the job. So, it was more finding the right fit for mm-hmm. what. I, what we felt Utah State needed at this time.
2: Yeah, keeping somebody in Logan. You, you can keep them in Ogden. Find somebody you can keep here That's, in Logan.
3: You, you want, I mean, they have to understand our dynamic, the culture of Logan, Utah, the culture of of Utah generally. I mean, how the mission p- program works, um, the importance of recruiting local kids. I mean, we want to get the best local, local kids that we can attract to Utah State. That has to be the base of where we start, and then we go find from there. So he, he clicked all those boxes. When you're hiring
9: somebody, though, obviously you want to find the best guy that can win and win in a high level. That's number one. But you're also getting a lot of people that are going to say, okay, you know, look, I've been doing play-by-play. This will be my seventh year doing play-by-play. This will be my fourth basketball coach. Yep. Um, so is that part of your process, too, of, like, not only do I want to find the best guy, but also a guy that might stick around a little bit? Or can you not... Concern yourself with that.
3: Yeah, I think that one takes care of itself, hopefully, if you've done the right thing. If if you've made a priority in your, in your hiring matrix yeah. um, and what's important, the sticking around part will be part of that, you know, naturally. So, for me, it was, um, first of all, I don't want to work with anybody that I can't stand. Yeah. I mean... It sounds simple, but sometimes we hire a name knowing that they're going to come with baggage, but we do it because they've had success. Well... For our department, culturally, we're not going to do that. We want, a, we want a coach that's also going to support. I mean, Blake Anderson shows up to every other sports events to yeah. support his fellow coaches, like, and that's how, important.
2: How often are you interacting with a coach? Just to the point that you just made that you wanted to be somebody that you can like and stand.
3: Yeah. How often are you interacting In the last yeah. two weeks, I've probably talked to Blake and Danny six, eight times and texted every day.
2: Every day? Yeah. So there's interaction daily? Daily. Uh, did you ever have to make a fire at Weaver State? I did, yeah. What is that process like as an athletic director? How, how difficult is that? And did, did you always have the support to to make the move, or did sometimes you just had to make the decision to make the move?
3: The support from the administration? Yes. I always had the support of the administration. We were aligned and talking. I mean, there were no surprises on that. Now, I'll tell you, my process is, and some co- and some athletics directors aren't like this. I'll have people say, why would you play golf with your basketball coach? Randy Ray and I played golf. He liked to golf more than I did, but um, it was important for a relationship because you're captured for four hours and you can have some hard conversations in a golf cart, but we we would get together and do that every couple of weeks and i've had some ad say why would you do that if you have to fire them at some point you got to keep you got to keep your distance i don't operate that way i'm all in because in most cases they were my choice for one so i want them to succeed to prove it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way i wanted them to succeed but also I want them to know that as long as we're aligned and we're in the rowboat together rowing, we're going. If you blow a hole in your rowboat now, I'm not going to sink. I'm not going to stay while it sinks with you. And and so we are clear on an annual basis on where the deficiencies are and where we need to make improvement and where you know the positive things are. So going into the last year of a contract, as I have with a few coaches, it was clear. Look, these are the metrics that we need to hit. I hate this whole, how many games do I have to win? Because it's got to be more... It's got to be, are we making progress with the kind of kids we're bringing in and the experience they're having on the team and all of those things? Um, but we would have those discussions so that we, when we get to the end of the year, if we didn't see the progress, then it was it was like there's no, there's no surprises. Only one time in my career did I have to actually just say it right to their face because they weren't getting it. Mm-hmm. But outside of that... It wasn't a surprise because we had talked about it. And, you know, you you hear leaders say, I do a a once-a-year evaluation. Well, that's a faulty way to go. You should be evaluating every day. Hmm. If you're doing that right, then there's not going to be a surprise at the end. They don't like the message because they're confident people, but they understand, you know, I didn't do my part.
9: Um, Is there a plan in place if slash when San Diego State jumps to another conference? Yes.
3: Yes. Uh, the plan is, and it 's not about san diego state per se it 's it 's about if if we lose only one institution yeah. we 're standing pat If we lose two or more then there 's a plan to to backfill that and there are institutions on the board that we're ready to ask you know this is an interesting climate right now because it should be kind of calm until 2028 when other things will happen and i think a bigger shift but because the pac-12 has not yet solidified a tv deal there's a lot of nervous folks i think there might even be some folks down in salt lake right now that are getting a little jumpy just i'm just saying i don't i don't know that but our meetings in phoenix last week were right next to the pac-12 and our meetings with our coaches uh, with the Mountain West Conference seemed to be a little less stressful than what was going on next door.
2: Have you heard of scenarios if if there was a big jumping of the ship and lost Washington and Oregon to one conference and lost the four corner schools to another conference, have you heard anything about the Pac-12 then absorbing multiple teams and maybe Utah State eventually being a Pac-12 team? Or the yeah.
3: other way around. Yeah, I I think – um, yes, we that conference mm-hmm, yeah. absolutely, and at that point, it's where do you get better value? I mean, is is it better to jump into a conference that potentially could be imploding, or is it better to stand, stay, stay with the group that you're solidified with and invite a couple others? to join you so it's really going to be because um, then it just it's gonna comes be down be to logos it, it comes down to logos yeah. and you know and dollars uh, i mean I, yeah the pac-12 tv deal would change dramatically if if for instance a deal comes out in the next couple of days or next couple of weeks and it's a fairly good deal but it still causes others to jump well that deal is going to change i mean that those those television networks aren't dumb and they they can value quickly where what that would change so you know are you better off to stand with those you've been fighting with over the last 10 15 years or are you better to jump i i think it's better to stay with what you know and see if we can increase the value and bring strategically others in do you
9: feel like the conference i mean obviously if san diego state gets asked we you know or you know individually but as a whole do you feel like there's a lot of unity inside the conference in the Mountain West Conference? Yeah.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, we're meeting. Since COVID, they were meeting weekly, and we haven't stopped that. So I, I think the relationships and the strength of that network within the Mountain West has only gotten stronger. Um, all right. So
9: it might be different from a Mountain West perspective or maybe a Power Five, but what would you value more as in a TV deal? Uh, revenue? Or, let's okay, let's just say Apple TV came to the Mountain West and said, we're going to up you, you know, you know, X amount of million dollars more a year per team, but all your games are going to be on stream. You're not going to have any network. Or is that a problem for you? Or you're like, wow, the money's good. Let's take the money. Um, or would you rather have that network TV availability or ESPN and maybe take less money? Is there a balance yeah, for you on that's that?
3: That's a good question. Personally, I think for Utah State, um, because athletics at Utah State is part of the mission. You know, I, you hear the front porch conversation. I don't know that at Utah State, athletics is the front porch, but it's an important room in the house. Yeah. Our job is to help open the doors to an R1 institution that has so much to offer. So I value the national coverage as much. I mean, if the dollars were dramatically better, yeah. how can you not do that? Because that helps your student-athlete experience and everything else get better. But in the end, it's got to be a lot better, or I would like the network uh, because the network package because you get more eyeballs to uh, open the door to the other amazing things that Utah State has to offer.
2: So you get through spring. I mean, we're not too far away from fall camp.
3: Here How should Utah
2: State fans be feeling about uh, the product they're going to see?
3: Yeah, w- we've been going around the state and kind of taking our little road show around started in St. George and we finished tonight in in Brigham City. Um, and Blake's been going with us and and talking about because he's he's trying to help people understand what they're going to look at. Yeah. We lost we lost 30, 31 kids to the portal so a 30 year team. Now not all of those some of those kids jumped into the portal because they were they want to play. They're yeah. walk-ons yeah. or preferred walk-ons or whatever. Uh, I think you're going to see an offense that's pretty high-powered. Uh, receivers, our receiving core might be better from top to bottom than we were two years ago when we won the league. Now, we don't have a Devin Tompkins yeah. <laughs> on this team, but but we've got a lot of good kids that can catch the ball. So offensively, I think you're going to see, uh, see us running up and down the field. Defensively, still remains to be seen uh, based on all the new bodies and a new defensive coordinator yep. that has a slightly different view on how defense is supposed to be played. So, you know, I, I, who knows right now? It, I think it's getting harder for you all in the media when you have to pick oh, at yeah. the preseason what teams are going to look like. It's impossible. There's no way to do yeah. it based well, on the turnover. Well, as soon as this is over, I'm heading over to Blake's office and
9: recording names for the top 60 and 60 that we've done for nine years now. And... And it's nearly impossible to do this year because there's so many new players that we don't know that are from other schools. It seems like, you know, every day somebody adds a new player to the roster that we're like, well, shoot, we had our list, but maybe this guy needs to be on it. Like, we've never seen anything like what's going on right now.
2: Out of the 60 players this year, I think it's going to be 18 to 20. 18 to 20. That are going to be transfers out yeah, of the sixty. It's that it's almost we're like
3: you're a fantasy league owner, exactly, trying to decide which yep. team do I yep. want to take based on statistics coming in. But that that has no bearing on the team unity and gelling as a unit, as you know, Hans, That's to me, yeah. that's the magic sauce. You can have a lot of great individual athletes, but if they can't come together and gel as a unit, then they're just great individual athletes.
2: Would there ever be a day where you can insist on a, okay, we'll guarantee your scholarship, but we want to guarantee you're going to be here four years?
3: We may is get it, to that. I mean, you're seeing, is is s- possible? You're seeing some places that are was doing that. Was that
9: that Who was it? That, that, uh, no, it was, it was the guy from, uh, I'm a man, I'm 40, uh, Gundy at uh, Oklahoma State. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. He's the one that said, you know what, let's do a thing where, you know what, we'll... You know, we'll, give you, we'll guarantee you two years of your scholarship or four years of your scholarship, but you're going to be here for all of those years.
3: I don't know how that's going to fly. What I do think you could see is collective saying, we're going to give you X amount of dollars, but if you leave before this date, you've you got to pay a percentage yep. of it back. You're almost going to see players signing contracts like coaches do with buyouts, and that'll be interesting because it'll be uh, – I don't, know if, I don't know if legally how that works. I mean, it's hard enough for us to work with institutions to get buyouts paid. Yeah. I, I don't know how that will fly with student athletes, but I, you're starting to hear that talk that a collective would say, we're going to give you $200,000, but if you leave before two years, you owe us half back. Well, let's see how that, how that goes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that would...
9: All right. The, there you go. Jerry Bovee on with me and hands earlier in the week. Thanks for making us part of your beautiful Saturday, Scott Gerard-Lloyd Cole.
7: Ugh, Hi, how great Scotty. is this? I think we need to turn the mic up a that, bit. that picture that you uh, that sent out with all those rib ribeyes was steaks. Phenomenal. And by the way, they loaded that
9: table up three times.
7: <laughs>
9: They're cooking up probably three to four grand worth of steaks
7: today, and you can smell it just wafting over here, right where we're at. It's amazing.
9: Honestly, we've done some cool things. We've been a part of some cool things. This might be the coolest thing we've been, we've we've been a part of. And and I've been I've been at different places and you know different ownership groups and different managers. And I thought it'd always be cool to do a barbecue competition, and. Uh, when uh, the guys from Barbecue Pit Stop and and I we kind of pitched this idea, and Bonneville said, "Let's go." And the thing is, Bonneville—they don't mess around when they put on—not one bit. When they put I mean, on an, an event,
7: it is—they they go full, go all out on it. I mean, like I said, you come by, you get yourself some of those Fat Boy ice creams that we all that we're always talking about. You got the bounce houses for the kids. My my boys just got done doing some face painting. Like it is, I mean, they got cornhole, you pop a shot uh you know candy popcorn you name it like it's like it is it is a phenomenal event and it's going to be going and music. on uh, yeah we it's going to be going
9: on all throughout the day
7: today uh the
9: big competition really kicks off with the steaks around 4 and and the thing is like if you ever wanted a barbecue or if you ever wanted to get into cooking we have got a line of these guys. We've got about 40 competitors in the state competition, and they all have their big trailers. Have you walked over there?
7: I'm going to after I As soon as we get done, I'll, I'll walk out. you over there. Yes. And,
9: and you go walking through all these guys competing with their trailers and, and their barbecues and their grills and stuff like that, and you immediately become family. Yeah. Like, they see you, and they're like, come on over and try this, try this. I'm working on this. How about this rub and stuff like that? It is a really family-like event. It's like, really
7: cool. I consider myself, I mean, I'm still a very much obviously a novice. Like, I'm just barely scratching the surface of what the what the smoker can do. But I'm talking about going over there afterwards and, and picking some brains and be like, hey, what do you do on something like this? Because I'm sure these guys will be more than willing to, to give you some tips on on, on exactly how oh, they cook. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the steaks
9: that they're going to be cooking. I mean, I sent a picture out of all these ribeyes. That marbling. and crazy marbling and they're going to get these you know crisscross grill marks just perfectly symmetrical like the the amount of work and effort that goes into us is just it's unbelievable and like these guys are competing for thousands of dollars i mean this is a huge competition with a lot of prize money and uh so yeah this is going to be a fun event and uh it's going to go throughout the day today uh we got one more segment coming up and then we'll wrap up here but I'm telling you what, this is just... I want to know about
7: the wing stuff when you come back. you got to tell me a little bit about it. Oh, the wings. we got to talk about it. Because I taste some of those. We need to talk about it. I judged some of the wings, and I judged uh,
9: some of the jalapeno poppers. Like, honestly... How do I get that job? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I kind of bogarted that. Um, But, like, look at that popper. Oh, my. It looks so good. Jessica, look at that thing. So, like, in there somewhere is a jalapeno and stuffed in cream cheese and sausage... On the It's wrapped in bacon, and then outside of that is some pulled pork and some brisket, and all of that
7: is wrapped in a melted cheese shell around it. That, as I described, as I, I haven't tasted it, but it looks like just a giant they had three, party. They had like three defibrillators in there, too. And it's like <laughs> clear. But
9: like one guy wrapped a popper in a puff pastry. That was incredible. I mean, there's all
7: kinds of these. And you had one, what, with uh, mac and cheese? I did not try the mac and cheese. I tried that one that had the dry, uh, as far as the uh, the ri- um, the wings. Yeah. I tried the wings that had the that dry rub that had a little spice to it, a little tank to it. That one was a phenomenal wing, by the way. That yeah. wing was delicious. They had some that had a little bit sweeter sauces. They were phenomenal. Yeah, excellent.
9: Come on down here. We're at the Triad Center. Hans and Scotty, uh, all kinds of great stuff. The face painters, the prizes, Fat Boy ice cream. And you come by, and you'll have a chance to win a Camp Chef Smoker, and the Sheridan Home and Patio, grand prize winner, uh, is going to pick that up. They got the Woodwind Smoker, seven-piece Sheridan Home and Patio set up. And, by the way, you add up all that value, that's over $2,200 bucks. we are going to be giving away later today. All right, Lloyd Cole, Scott Gerard. we'll wrap this show up next, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. Hey, welcome on back say
7: hands and scotty lloyd and scotty doesn't feel right does it Th- feels no, weird it feels better <laughs> oh, right okay better we miss our guy we do miss we, our we, guy. we miss our I, guy i wish i wish my he guy, was here earlier he he had a he had a blast
9: at the jalapeno thing and of then or not, i mean at the wings and then uh, he had to bolt before the jalapenos i wish he would have been around for the jalapenos
7: oh he did what well, he no, he didn't do that. Oh, only the wings. Yeah, only the wings. How did the wing t- like I like Alex was telling me that they were telling you ex- how you're supposed to oh, yeah. Uh, taste it and stuff. And I'm like I'm like picturing hands trying to actually taste almost like wine t- uh, tasting. It is. But like I'm like Hans is hands is just going to rip that wing right off. Like he's just no, going to no, no. eat was, it. He was very metic- metic- uh, particular
9: about it. Like we want we took this thing very seriously. Good. So it's like one bite cuz they're like you can't get full at the end. So you, you don't right. eat all the wings. Just take a little bite it's out of it. It's not a
7: contest. It's not it's not wing bowl. <laughs> no, this isn't wing bowl.
9: You just eat a little bit, and then you judge it. And then and you can't. They're like, here is. they give you some saltine crackers to eat in between bites and stuff like that. So it would cleanse the palate. And, uh, yeah, man, they don't mess around in there. It's, it's serious stuff. That sounds like, you know, I want to try that. And we time. can't do the steaks because you have to go to, like, a bunch of classes to get certified to judge steaks really so we
7: weren't weren't allowed to judge steaks well couldn't you be like a i don't know an unofficial judge where your judge doesn't you're not really judging you're just tasting they did say they're bringing out when the steaks are going they're going to bring out a bunch out here
9: for us so
7: good i'll be sticking around for that i'll be here for that (laughs) hey uh big thanks to everyone who
9: helped out today uh michelle anchoring things uh alex Carey for stopping by jake scott stopping by uh, Lloyd, you being a big part of this as well, I anticipated doing more, but then I got stuck eating food, so I apologize right, for that.
7: Right, right. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. That's, that's yeah, my I got bad. you. Hey, that's what we do. We pick up, we pick up uh, as Whittingham says, we pick up the rifle. Next man up. Yes, next man up. Next man up.
9: Uh, but, look, if you're driving around Salt Lake, if you're in the area, come on by. It's just outside the Triad Center. You'll hear the music. You'll smell the steaks. You smell all the cooking. Come on down hang out with us. We'll be here the rest of the day. That wraps up on air, though, but we got all the radio stations down here, the TV stations. We are having a blast here at the first ever KSL uh, barbecue cookout outside the Triad Center. Big thanks to Dallin, too, for making it go. Absolutely. Joey, Dallin. I mean, Dallin,
7: they all knocked it out of the park. It's unreal, The setup's man. unbelievable. It really the is. The power it's of Bonneville yes. is, is in full force right here. Yeah, it's, it's super It's incredible. on display.
9: Come down, hang out. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.